What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hi loves, welcome back to another episode of Not Basic Blonde podcast. I have a very interesting guest today. His name is Mike Bayer, and he's also known as Coach Mike, who is New York Times bestselling author and personal development coach, whose mission is to help people achieve sound mental health in order to become their best selves. Mike also spent the early years of his career as a drug and alcohol counselor and board-registered interventionist. In 2005, Mike founded Cast Centers, a leading dual diagnosis treatment center located in Los Angeles, California. Mike has worked in the field in a variety of capacities, including team building within corporations, keynote speaking for numerous events and Fortune 100 companies, as well as providing creative workshops. In addition, Coach Mike Bear is on Dr. Phil's advisory board, and Mike's latest book, One Decision, is coming out today. Very exciting, guys. So in this episode, Mike and I will be discussing how to make the best life decisions. But before we begin, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review Not Basic Blonde podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hello, Mike. I'm so glad to have you on my podcast. How are you today? Great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for being my guest. Yeah, I got the request and then I checked out your content and what you do and what you stand for. And I was like, sign me up. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Well, you have an amazing background as well. So, of course, we would love to learn more about you. And would you please tell our listeners about yourself? Sure. So I've worked in, I've done a lot of things, probably like anyone. And I know I'm sure you have too. Um, Which, by the way, I admire anyone that uh, comes from another country and has figured out how to make it. I feel like it is more than twice as hard to do that and to to get into an American market 
just first want to say uh, I admire that um, because there's a lot of challenges within that. Um, in terms of my life, I have worked in mental health for over 18 years. I never expected to work in mental health. I started off um, getting into mental health because I had a drug problem. And then once I got, I really got passionate about uh, helping people lights on, basically, you know, how to get someone from being depressed to being hopeful, someone who was really having a lot of anxiety, find the freedom to just be in the moment. And my career evolved a lot through the years. I ended up uh, eventually becoming kind of a go-to guy. There were crises in entertainment. And and from there, a few years ago, is kind of when I met Dr. Phil, and that's when I started doing things more publicly. But man, I, I've done a lot. I mean, I've written books. I've, I own a treatment center called Cast Centers. I uh, have a podcast. Uh, but everything I do is kind of around mental health because I, I think mental health or personal development in general, at least for me, if it wasn't fun doing it, I just wouldn't do it, you know? Yeah. And going back to what you mentioned, being from another country and making it here. Yeah, you're so right. I mean, it's definitely challenging because when I came to US, I could only like read and write. I couldn't speak. So I learned how to speak English here, basically. Wow. Yeah, and I don't know. Have you done a podcast yet just about how to make it when you're from another country? No, I haven't. I probably need to do it because I had so many exciting guests and I wanted to just introduce them to my audience. So I didn't even have a chance to actually talk much about me. <laughs> yeah, I just think that's an awesome, uh, inspiring. And so many people are looking for that, you know, looking for direction and hope and uh, especially, like I said, to come here and not know English and and figure it out. I mean, that is a resilient woman you are. Oh, appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was hard, but I've been here almost 15 years, I guess. And it's better now. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you from originally? I was born in eastern Ukraine, but I'm Russian. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, I only know the word privyet and paka. You know? Yeah, that means hi and bye. <laughs> yeah, hi and bye. That's all I know. And going back to your coaching and mental health, how did you decide to become life coach? You know, I kind of avoided the title forever. Um, I was a counselor, then an interventionist. And then, I don't know, there was something about calling myself a life coach that felt, and, and I've, I've struggled with this, even in this coaching world. Um, because I don't think I'm better than someone else. I don't think that I figured out life any more than anyone else. I learned from other people. Um, and and so like the title is what culture really subscribes to and they understand it. But I had all sorts of titles like recovery manager, life advisor, um, personal development coach, mindset coach. And then when I met it, because I've, I've worked with so many different types of people. I mean, I've, I've helped people make honestly million, tens of millions of dollars. And I've also, on the other side, helped people who wanted to kill themselves, right? And, and the whole thing in between really is about life. Um, and so, you know, it's interesting. I, part of my journey in just life and ex exploration and purpose was, I, after a while, I, I, be, I worked with a lot 
of Hollywood. And, and it was great. I mean, I traveled the world. I was at all the award shows. I'm, you know, was friends and a confidant for all these, you know, big stars. And that's not why I did it to begin with. That's just like where I ended up. Like, because I like helping the neighbor next door just as much as I like helping anyone. Like it's not, and, and eventually I decided at the peak of my career that I didn't want to do this thing in Hollywood anymore. And I started going to refugee camps and I started going to Iraq alone. And I wanted to help uh, a group of women whose husband had been killed by ISIS and they had, you know, removed from their homes and there's no mental health services in a lot of countries. Like, you know, someone can be abused or see horrific things. And it's kind of like, don't talk about it. And there's shame around it. And there's no solution. So I was like, I'm friends with all these people. Uh, I, I flew back to Los Angeles on, a, you know, these flights are like 20 hours long. And I was all excited. I thought like, I'm going to, you know, bring the joy to these women. And what I found was um, it was very hard to get people activated and wanting to sell merch or uh, wanting to make large donations to these causes that I was really trying to get behind. And so I had this moment <clears throat> that I was like, and it happened about two years ago. I was like, why don't I become the brand? Like, why don't, I become the guy because culture is very weird. Like culture puts people on these pedestals. So like if you're famous, the government of a country will meet with you right away. But if you actually do amazing quality work and your intention is really to help people, you kind of get pushed to the side. Like you're not getting the photo op. Right. And, and so I, I never had thought about becoming a public brand or being on television. I didn't understand why anyone would want to do that. But I was like, why don't I just become that guy? Like, why don't I raise my profile? And so I can do cool things in different countries. And literally, after I had that realization, a week later is when I met Dr. Phil. And when I met Dr. Phil... I was putting together a business meeting between him and another executive. And I thought I was helping like my coaching client, who's an executive work with Dr. Phil. And in that meeting, the whole thing flipped on me. And all of a sudden he's like, well, have you thought about going on television? And they both started like viewing me as talent. And he's like, we should go by coach Mike. And they were like, coach Mike, that's what it is. And that was two years ago. And now since then, you know, like, I've done 40 episodes of Dr. Phil. I'm just recorded three episodes for the doctors. I have a New York Times bestselling book. And when, you know, it was a global blockbuster book for, you know, I have another one coming out called One Decision in about four weeks. And I guess that's the, the long answer to, uh, you know, how did I become a life coach is I, I've always been, but I finally was like, all right, Mike, now it's time to step into the light. That's hilarious. They call you Coach Mike. <laughs> yes, that's the, all the all the audience. They call me Coach Mike, Coach Mike. Like Dr. Phil will be like, Coach Mike, what do you think? You know? <laughs> yeah. And you also gave like, you use some kind of technique that you gave the reality TV star reality check. So what kind of technique did you use? Well, I love um, 
the thing about self-help is it's infinite. And I love creative approaches to helping people look at things in their life or make changes. So in the episode you're talking about, I think there was two MTV or three MTV stars who were constantly fighting. And I had her basically speak to her younger self and also speak to her future self. That's a technique called psychodrama, which I went to training over the last few years. It's, um, it's kind of theatrical. And that was a technique I used on stage. You know, the interesting thing about Dr. Phil is nothing is really staged, believe it or not. You're kind of like, you don't know how the other people are going to respond. You don't even know what Dr. Phil is going to do. So you don't have any script or anything? I mean, there's a framework, like there's a 150 page document that lists out everything from the person's medical history, um, you know, third party contacts, interviews. I mean, the amount of interviews just to get on an episode. And then, um, and then, you know, it's really Dr. Phil decides where it goes. You know, he may stop, he may stop in the middle of someone talking and say, you're lying to me. I don't, we're not going to carry on. And so you really have to think on the fly, you know? Yeah. I watched this episode actually, when you give it the reality to start reality check and (sighs) I started kind of comparing to myself and what would I say to myself in the future and, you know, younger self kind of a little bit made me sad about my, Oh, why did make you sad? because about some decisions and, you know, sometimes we meet people and we don't realize at first how bad they are for us, but then later we do. So that kind oh, of, in, in terms of love life. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's painful, right? I mean, you know, that's the thing about love and love life. There's like this, especially when we, there's so much wrapped up in it. And sometimes it, it's hard to see the joy, you know, or yeah, plus sometimes people come in into the relationships with their baggage as far as like, you know, past relationships and past traumas. And if some of them didn't work through those traumas they bring into the relationship and then yeah of course everyone gets affected by it yeah absolutely yeah the most interesting part we would love to know more about your one decision book we make thirty-five thousand decisions a day roughly and the decision to talk to not talk like right now i have my hand against my head it's a decision to put my hand against my head it's a decision what i'm saying and it becomes you know and it's it's really, I wanted to write a book and that my writing style is very much like I'm your life coach and I'm working with you. And so this is a technique that I've developed through the years in terms of helping people make decisions that are simple, easy, next step, and really figuring out how to make a decision from being your, what I call your best self or your authentic self, because life gets really confusing and it helps to have a roadmap so that somebody can start to make decisions that they actually, that will lead them towards benefiting their own lives, you know? Yeah. And what inspired you to write it? Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a bit of a, a, a painter when it comes to books. I kind of throw things all over the place. Um, first, I was going to write a book called POS. Uh, because people think it's an abbreviation for piece of shit, but it really would mean personal operating system. And it was like a play on words and how our operating systems function a certain type of way. Then I was going to do a book about resentments. 
Then I wanted to do a book about how to have an authentic diet. Like I go all over the place, but then I realized I was like, what is, and my, my publishers and agents have to like reel me in. I was like, what is the best thing? What is the most helpful thing for someone that's going to be very easy? And it really, it's any area of growth in life comes down to a decision. And so I started studying decisions and how we look at life and cognitive distortions. And and I just got really passionate. And then I started testing out the formulas. And I, I started, what I do is I'll have random strangers show up at my house. I'll put an ad up saying, hey, um, and I'll try it out with a huge, huge pool demographic to make sure my concepts are like cemented. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I... I believe that one decision, whether it's you, how you want to improve your health, your relationships, your self-esteem, I've created formulas that work. I see. And how, in your, in your opinion, how do you maximize your own potential? It's first figuring out what do you want, you know, or, I mean, I think that it's interesting, you know, there's the overachievers, there's the underachievers, you know, in life we're graded. In school on, you know, oh, this is an A, this is a C, you know, it's like so much of life tries to tell you what your potential should be, right? I call it the should police. And then I say, if you listen to them too much, you're shitting all over yourself. So I believe that your potential is about nobody else, like no other voices, no other thoughts. It's understanding your truth. And it's understanding what you're working towards. And, you know, it's like, it's good to work towards your potential if you're not being yourself up, you know, or comparing. But, you know, the word, we're all working towards our potential. You know what I mean? Like me included, right? Like we all are trying to work towards bettering and and some people give up. Um, but like, I can tell by the types of people that you talk to on your podcast and how you push yourself, it's like, you're clearly very driven also to be better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I always really hard on myself. And some people say that, well, you can't be too perfect. You can be, uh, you know, perfectionist kills the progress, but I'm hard on myself. No matter what. Have you always been hard on yourself? Yeah. And it just, I can't like produce something that I don't like myself. Sometimes, you know, people post whatever selfie. I cannot right. do that because I don't like it myself and I cannot myself make myself like it to post it because I will be like kind of miserable thinking about it. <laughs> well, yeah. And you, you know, well, the thing is, um, there is a bit of struggle in, in getting something really great, right? It's, you know, it's very easy to be decent. That's what I was talking to someone yesterday. It's so easy to just be like everyone else. So easy. There's, you can look at other people, you can act like them. And a lot of people go through life being like that. Then you have some people who are interested in being good. You know, they, they, they have moments where they're like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to be myself. I'm going to speak up for what I believe in. I'm not going to be afraid. And then, I think there's a category of being great, which great is pushing oneself to have something that ultimately you're really proud of. Yeah, I've been like this since I was a child, even 
well, today I launched my book. So it just came out, the kid's book. And since I was a child, I had to go through the struggle because I always stand out and I was bullied for it. Yeah, it was hard at that time, but... Why did you always stand out? I don't know. Well, I'm tall, first of all. And of course, um, taller than average. And I've had... My mom would always dress me so fashionably. So I would be have lots of glitter and sparkles. <laughs> and right. I wore very fashionable outfits. So not like regular kids in school. And I would always stand out. And plus, as far as um, we had school concerts and someone had a oh, talent show. So I would have to like come up with something that, you know, to show for the talent show. So I would do belly dance or I would do some kind of gymnastic dance, <laughs> not like just come up and say, you know, and sing a song or just like do a little dance. It would have to be something extra. <laughs> right. And it would just come up from me and my personality. I wouldn't have to think about it too much. It was just like, it was just there automatically. <laughs> right. Right. And, and do you, do you find that like, you're still like that where you're, you're, your own version of belly dancing or gymnastics? No, I am still like that. Well, that's why I called myself, well, my blog is called Not Basic Blonde. How were you able to separate yourself from a lot of, I suppose, the basic blondes? Well, first of all, not from here. So I'm Russian and I have different background and I had different kind of style and fashion background as well because fashion in Europe is like 10-15 years ahead than in the US so Mm. that kind of like that and also I don't know I just don't like plain and basic things like I don't even have (laughs) sweatpants (laughs) you said I don't even have sweatpants yeah (laughs) oh my god (laughs) I want to you know what I was thinking recently um and I'm sending you a one decision box, which you're going to get. I got your address. It's really uh-huh. cool. Like, you'll see, like, I'm the same as you. I don't want to be basic. That's why, like, I go crazy when I, I like, will hear coaches where they're like, I'm going to make you money and sign up for this and my program. And I'm like, I don't know. It feels basic to me. Um, yeah. Like, I created for my brand, like, a wizard logo. And I have an animated series coming. And then I want to, my, I have it, like, wizards all over my house and a wizard tattooed on my arm. But I told that I have someone who helps me with my style. I'm not as gifted as you with styling because I got traumatized as a kid by my own parents because they only let me shop at Big and Tall. Have you heard of Big and Tall? No, I haven't. <laughs> Horrible. I'm six. Okay, so I'm six foot five, 270 pounds now. And so I'm a big guy. And I was, I've always been tall. My parents would only let me shop at like the, the tall person store. And so like, literally the clothes were just terrible and then I had to go to private school because I would get in trouble and everything so by the time I like had the freedom to like express myself I got addicted to drugs (laughs) then when I I got sober I had no money so I called this woman who's helping me what is your thinking I want to start I've been obsessed with this song lately called Tarzan Boy it's so ridiculous but I can't stop listening to it it's (laughs) an old song from the 80s is it like, first of all, what tips can you give me on fashion? But second of all, if I start just dressing like I'm in the 1980s, is that okay? Well, you have to dress on based on what feels good to you. And yeah. if you want to be some extra, it's fine. 
it's just like your own style, I guess. And it depends where you go and what activities you do the most. So that's based on I don't know why I picture myself wearing like neon lime green sweaters. It sounds in glasses. Cool, actually. What's that? It's cool. I think it's awesome. Okay. I love bright colors and I, I don't like dark colors even in the wintertime. Yeah, that's that's so awesome. So how do you figure out style now? Well, I, I kind of go based on latest trends and they are mostly I get them from fashion weeks. I attend New York Fashion Weeks and basically what I like the most, I like a lot of glitter, sparkle, sequins and bright colors. <laughs> and do you have clothes that you sell? No, I don't. It's all coming up in the future. My God, we should do a collaboration. I was going to create this brand called Conversations. It's everything I want to say, but I can't. Hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah, shirt, that's interesting. So I bought the LLC for it. Anyway, well, you're way advanced. I try to get anyone to help me with my fashion ever. So whenever I talk to someone who has some fashion sense, I'm always picking their brain. Because no matter what the reality is, it's a, it's. I find it very hard. For guys, yeah. it's easier. It's so much easier. You just wear a t-shirt, I guess, and pants or jeans whatever you prefer the most <laughs> yeah yeah i gotta i gotta i'm figuring out my style still so we'll see what we come up with do you find people more having better time writing about good or bad things i think people have a very easy time writing bad about others that's what we see in the news right uh people don't treat others they would want to be treated for sure right like the irony is adults, we still need to learn that lesson we were taught as kids, but a lot of people are just kind of mean when they write about other people, I've found. In terms of writing about oneself, you know, it's this fine line, you know, and everyone's different, you know, everyone, I think people have a very hard time being proud of themselves and confident of themselves without, unless someone has like an insecurity driven narcissism that like, they're obsessed with themselves, right? But because they're so insecure. I think if you are proud of something that you accomplished, you know, get into it and talk about it and feel it. I think there's just, um, there's a difference between doing it with humility and doing it telling partial truths. I guess like it's a long, broad answer to your question, but you know, I just, everyone's so different. It's, yeah, it's a good answer. Do you find a hard time writing positive, good or bad? or I don't usually write bad things because I don't feel that myself. Usually psychologists and they say if someone feels that, then they write it to others. If they don't feel that themselves, they will not comment bad things or write bad things to others because they just, it's not their nature. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And how did you decide to open cast centers? Well, I opened up a treatment center 14 years ago and I, well, I had a vision. So I own a place where somebody can go historically in psychology or in treatment, you had drug addicts are here and this place is mainly alcoholics. And then you go here if you're depressed and you go here if you have anxiety and you go here if like our dual diagnosis. And so I wanted to create a formula for a program where and it's it's similar to everything I kind of do where it's broad enough but it's authentic to the person. So I saw what was going on in the treatment industry, um, which unless you're in it, it's 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 a whole thing in itself. And meaning like 
there's a lot of treatment centers. I mean, I think there's like 50 of them in Malibu. Um, yeah, I remember they had the passengers of Malibu that was like on TV. Every yeah, up and promises and the celebrity yeah. goes there. And uh, I started in my apartment. I had no money. I eventually got like an office space and then like ran a group or two a week. And now we're in our fourth location. And I created what's called the CAM model. So every week is a different theme and it's an eight week program. So like one week is about purpose and meaning Another week is about relationships, your family, your love, your intimacy. You know, another week is about play. And those are concepts that whether you're depressed or have anxiety or or addicted to drugs, they're a formula that everyone needs to get into. So um, that's what I created and cast, why it's called cast is a cast holds a broken bone in place till it can heal. And, um, and it's been great. You know, it's, um, I have a bunch of psychologists and therapists and coaches who work for me. And right now it's interesting. We, during COVID, we used to have maybe one client with suicidal ideation. It got up to seven because just people have a lot more despair and feelings. Um, And so we're constantly shifting and evolving based upon, you know, the need of our, but I, our tagline is freedom to be your best self you know, I wrote a book called best self. Um, so it's just a, it's a, it's just a part of my soul really. Yeah. Such a great concept. Yeah. I love it. Thanks. But you know, like depression and mental health, it's treated so much differently in different countries. Mm-hmm. For example, going to Russia, they say you have place to live. You have food on the table. What are you talking about? Depression? What is depression? <laughs> I know my books in Russian, my last book. Oh, really? Yeah, I'll get you a copy. They did two different versions, and it's so funny because they took the, the you're right about like how they change things. Because the book, the my last book was called Best Self, and they changed, yeah. they asked me if they could change the title. I don't remember what they changed it to, but it was something like Get Your Act Together, right? It was like totally <laughs> different. <laughs> like, it was the only country that literally didn't translate the cover. That's funny because some of the versions and some of the words you can, they won't make sense if you translate them the way it is. Yeah, maybe. But it was also, I think it was like more words where people, Russians would maybe go like, oh yeah, that makes sense. You yeah. Know? They would like attract more attention. Yeah. 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 And do you have any habits or any daily routine that contributes to wellness, keeps your mental health in check? Yeah. I, um, I love making lists lists of things to accomplish. I think uh, I try to create something new every day. Uh, I think creating is what drives us being in the moment and passion and art and authenticity. So creating, sometimes people literally go, oh, I need to go paint. No, that's one form of creating, but it could be anything. It's anything that like stirs you up. Music, like I told you this song, Tarzan Boy, I can't stop listening to. Yeah. I literally made TikTok videos. I like opened, I have this free empowerment group Tuesday nights, which I would love for you to speak at uh, one week. It's every oh, Tuesday. Sure. Let me know. It's, yeah, let's do it. I think you'll be, yeah. I mean, I want to like, I, I, there's so many times I'm talking to you now where I'm like, I want to flip around and ask you questions because <laughs> I just, I, I admire, I, so many of my friends are from other countries, but I admire people who have figured it out. You know, like, I just think that's badass. But anyways, and I also, music's such a mood shifter. 
it's so important to put on something that just gets you in the right spirit. I also make sure I sweat every day, or at least I try to, um, and stretch. You know, we, for whatever reason, um, I've found, unless people are incredibly active, they don't stretch. And then a lot of people are like, oh, the gyms aren't open during COVID. It's like stretching you can do in, you know, a closet, right? Like, it really helps. It opens up your body. It moves things around. And um, I mean, I do a lot of different things, but those are kind of like the, for me, I always try to figure out like, how can I like get in the moment? So I, I like doing things that really will try to get me in the moment and feeling passion. Yeah. Have you set your goals for 2021 yet? <laughs> no, you know, I'm, I'm, um, I'm one of those. It's, it's funny. Cause um, kind of the way I've, my brother's also a coach and um, he is very goals and here's, you measure it and here's how you, you do it. I'm very much like I, I follow my passion and drive and fun. Um, you know, I have a script I wrote, uh, that I'm playing with and exploring. So, I mean, that could happen next year. I, uh, I have a new YouTube series. I'm, I'm, it's called, um, one decision, try something new that every week I do something new. Like I just did ballet. I just did knitting. I'm going to shoot a gun for the first time in two days. Like, because I'm just like, try something new. And how did you do ballet? <laughs> ballet is hard. I mean, like, it is. I love it. Um, my friend, Richie Jackson, he does, he's, um, which he'd be a great guest on this too. I mean, if you ever, but he's cool too. He's Lady Gaga's yeah. choreographer for the past 13 years. And I, he does dance class with me. So he, he'll teach me how to dance. And I told him I wanted to do ballet. And then he introduced me to these people. And I did like a nutcracker scene <laughs> with the music. <laughs> and, and it's, um, and you know, what's so interesting about ballet. And I was talking to someone few days ago it's so funny that there's stigmas around activities like when I did ballet it was hard right like how you have to angle your body and how you elongate it and if you really think about it ballet is actually a very tough thing to do and it also helps with how you present yourself how you walk in the room how you move your flexibility but it's considered um let's say feminine by culture, right? Yeah. But then wrestling is considered masculine. Yeah. And it's just, it's just so interesting how different things, like I didn't do ballet because I always just thought in my head, I was like, I don't know, like, why would I do ballet? And, but the reality is like, why not? So I've just, that's me just going on a tangent, but I'm like trying to like do everything. I'm 41 years old and I'm like, if I haven't done it, try it, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's it's always good to try something new. Exactly. Yeah. And do you have any strategies on how to make the best decisions in life? Yeah, so it's it's really, I mean, at the end of the day it comes down to making decisions that are authentic to you. And that word gets thrown around a lot and and so being my own version or definition of being authentic is when you're being yourself but they're, you're never being mean or critical or rude. It's, it's really being authentic is like your, your light, your spirit, your soul. And to make decisions from that place ultimately is where I believe for each of us, we will have the most joy. And so like, 
any problem in life, we first have to look at it. Is it an obstacle or is it an opportunity? Like, and I created what's called like the four O's, which helps people make decisions. But any problem, like if you were to throw a problem at me, I could very quickly give you a decision to make around it. Um, I don't know if you want to, but. Um, but that would be a three hour podcast. Okay. Well, basically it's all about first, how are we looking at the problem? And if you view the problem as an opportunity, the one decision you make is going to lead you more to what you want. It's going to give you more of an outcome you want. If you view it as an obstacle, the one decision to be made is not going to lead you to the outcome you And so as hard as it is, and a lot of us get stuck, we're like, no, there's nothing good about this. There's no opportunities. And we, you know, we stomp our feet. The reality is everything has an opportunity in it. And, and that's the best kind of way to make decisions in life. And the other is to realize that nobody was brilliant or an expert or amazing day one. And, you know, if you're looking to do something to improve your life, and you've done it once, and it didn't give you the result you wanted, it doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means you need to try to do it a little more, a little differently, and just get more experience with it. So, you know, there's the big decisions of like, do I change careers? Do I break up this relationship? Do do I get married? Do I move in? But then there's the other stuff that's just like, what decision am I making today that's going to better me in my life? And that's, more of what I focus on. How do you like find the perfect kind of answer or how do you make decision if you have feelings attached or especially for women, it's harder mm-hmm. because sometimes we make decisions based on our feelings and attachments to people. But what's an ex- Like if you give me an example, I could tell you. Especially mostly now the hot topic for millennials is dating. So uh-huh. like how do you make decisions about right or wrong people in your life or about should you move forward or should you proceed with like certain person? I think that we're all afraid of getting hurt, right? And so for real reason, not everyone, but I'm saying there are those concerns if someone's looking to date or what have you. It's, you know, like, what are you saying though? Like what's more specific? Like I have girlfriends and I have my friends And other people who reach out to me, my followers, they sometimes have issues with their partners or they have issues with dating and they don't know how to make the right decisions because they get attached to someone or, you know, they go based on feelings, not based on kind of right decisions. So, yeah, like, I mean, those are, um, you know, there's the saying feelings aren't facts, right? Yeah. And, you know, when somebody is, like for example the opportunity is to go to a coach go to a counselor go to a therapist talk to someone connect with other women the opportunity is to read about boundaries the opportunity is to learn about more about yourself you know the opportunity is to have that tough conversation that you normally wouldn't have with a guy right like it's all that type of stuff that is growth the kind of I know what you're saying with like when the feelings start getting really wrapped into it, it's the lens becomes a lot different, right? Yes. And so if if for someone they're feeling like their lens 
is blocking them from seeing someone for who they are, or they're doing some degree of self-sabotaging, the opportunity is to ask for help and see someone who's an expert and not do it alone. You know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. And also <laughs> on one of your conferences, you've asked everyone to pull out their phones and take a selfie and look at yourself in the mirror. Like what approach is this? Like what kind of approach and what's the main purpose of it? Yeah, I just last year I, I started getting asked to speak at events and I was like, what could be a cool way for someone to see in the course of an hour how they would perceive themselves differently? I was like, okay, everyone understands the selfie. So my thinking was, okay, if I can get someone to view themselves a certain type of way with that first image, but by the end of the talk, look at that same image and see themselves differently, would that would maybe help them have some aha moments. So I have, you know, everyone understands the selfies. So I was like, pull out your phones. You know, you're only going to take one photo, look into the camera, give it your best look. And, um, and then, you know, everyone would do that. And you hear people laughing. And I, you know, I would say, how many of you love your photo? Very few people would raise their hands, right? Very few. Yeah. But then when I would go through an exercise and get to some heart and soul and tenacity of the person, you know, when they took a photo at the end, or if they looked at the same photo, they were able to view themselves through a different optic. So I just thought that was like a cool way to help someone realize that they could literally not do much, but suddenly change the way that they treat themselves and look at themselves. And so I just like came up with that and did that like a few times. And then I'll do something like that. And I'll try something new. You know, like, I was having dinner parties at my house where right before COVID, <laughs> where I actually had like Richie and a bunch of my friends where someone would bring their childhood, we all would put childhood, well, not me, but all my guests, I mean, it was called the universe decides dinner is served. And I had this very mysterious music playing and like my friends would arrive and everyone would put into the universe decides wheel their current issue. And then all of a sudden, underneath all the plates on the table were masks. And the person whose name was called suddenly everyone at the table took on the different roles of their childhood. So I thought, I was thinking, oh, next year, maybe I'll do something like that because it's just unusual. And I find like, I like to get creative, you know, basically with self-help. Yeah. And by working with celebrities and coaching them, what have you learned from it? I've learned uh, how hard it is for them to be authentic because people will perceive them a certain type of way. And it's very hard for them to totally be themselves at all times. I've learned just the power of celebrity. I've learned the power of relevance and also just hard work. Like the people I worked with, you know, like I'm friends with Jennifer Lopez and, you know, she endorsed my last book and has a quote on the back and like, she's awesome and works really hard and is extremely loving and cool and like kind and generous and you know, it's just like any pool of people, like she's awesome. Other people I've worked with, it's been like not enjoyable, right? But that's like anyone, that's like class. If you go to a classroom, you know, there's a certain group of people you'll have chemistry with. And then there's another group of people who are just like mean to you, right? So yeah, it's no different um, than everyone else. I actually, I'm, I mean, I'm friends with people. I, I don't really... I don't look to take on any celebrities as clients anymore. Even like when I get calls, I'll refer them out. I'll sit with people for free more often. I actually, most of what I enjoy is for free. 
you know, it's, it's the, they're no, when I say there is a difference because they have a lot of resources, but fame and money doesn't definitely does not buy joy. Yeah. It's like Cameron Diaz had interview and she said many people want to be her, want to be an actress or want to be famous, but why do you want to be that they're not happier than you are and just because they're famous yeah they and and you know it's a very um the thing i mean i'm brought in with celebrities when there's a problem like a problem that no one's like where there's something needs to get fixed a bit right and um you know and it's it's maybe a different context than you know somebody who's so i'm i'm constantly around the problems of them But I, but I think like, you know, if anything, I wish, I wish there wasn't such thing as celebrity. I wish there was just more of an even playing field with like, I wish everyone felt important, you know? Yeah. What do you hope readers take away from your book, One Decision? Well, my hope is that the reader, and I worked really hard in this book to try to do this, is that the person realizes who they are currently, like, when they are being true to who they are is actually the best possible outcome, the best, that's the best, that's their light. And my hope is to get people to really make decisions from that light and that to realize they can do it no matter what age they are or what, what the odds are stacked against them, that they can have the life that they want, because this is it. I mean, like, unless we get reincarnated, like I may come back as a giraffe or something, but like, This is the only life we know of. So it's, let's do it, you know? Yeah, so true. Are there any principles you live by? I try to live by the principles of being honest, open, willing, and I do my best not to be attached to outcomes. I do my best not to be attached to things I can't control. I do my best to focus on um, lifting other people up and just like, being in the moment as much as possible with people like that and have fun, have a ton of fun doing it, you know? And where can our listeners find you? Your social handles, your Instagram? Yeah. So coach Mike bear is my social handle, uh, coach Mike B A Y E R. Um, so on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter. And then, um, I also have a website with all the different projects I have going on, which is coach Great. Thank you so much, Mike. It was great chatting with you. Yeah, you too. That was all for today, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Not Basic Blonde podcast is available on all the major platforms with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. To support the show, tag NBB Podcast on your Instagram stories and check out more behind the scenes on Instagram as well at notbasicblonde underscore or NBB Podcast. And if you haven't, Subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great day.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.